Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. We're talking about the body. This is part one in a series titled, Membership Matters. Part one, the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Next Sunday is Go Day, focused on missions and serving the Lord and evangelism and proclaiming the gospel to all nations. But the Sunday after that, we'll finish up Membership Matters Part 2 on the functions of the body. So today is, what is the body? What does the Bible have to say about the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, As you turn there, um, I want to invite you to, if you have any kind of electronic device, and by the way, aren't you thankful that we do not have to have electronic devices? Some people on the earth actually live without electricity. Do you guys know that? It's pretty cool, huh? Rugged, Eagle Scout stuff. Uh, but if you do have one, you, please open up your app store and download an app, if you have not done it, titled Church Center. Church Center. It's spelled just like it sounds, Church Center. And then it'll be like a little church building. And then you can type in your zip code. And then it will pop up a lot of churches here locally. And you'll see First Baptist Church, Bay St. Louis, top left corner. And if you go ahead and do that, or you can do it later another time, uh, it's going to tie into our message a little later on, okay? First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. Here we go. For the body, Paul's writing, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be the weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And, on, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which your more presentable parts do not require. But God... But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Wow. Okay, there's five truths I'd like to highlight from this text about the body of Christ. The word body in Greek means soma. That's how you say it, soma. You can spell it in English, S-O-M-A, soma. And the body of Christ transcends all denominations. Did you know that? 
There's people in the body of Christ, the general overarching body of Christ that transcends states, nations, continents, languages, denominations. But in the New Testament, we see that God desires for every part of his body to be connected to a local body. So that's what we have here. First Baptist Church of Bay St. Louis, it is a local body of Christ. So truth number one from this text. The body contains many members, and no members should ever disparage their value to the body. Disparage means to regard as being of little worth. So in the text we see from verse 14 that the body of members there's many members, and that no member should ever disregard their value to that body of Christ. So I want to ask you a question. If over here, zero was you feel like you value just not at all, zero, and then over here on the chart, a 10 means that you are very valuable to the body of Christ. You are just crucial. You, you have to, you're just a crucial part of the, this local body. Or if you're a guest today and you have your local body back at home somewhere, your, your church, then that's the context for you. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a local body. You're like, okay, well, this is about the body of Christ. So number one, zero, one, two, all the way to 10. Where would you be on that chart? I mean, if you just fell off a boat in the water, and they left you in the ocean. Uh, where would you feel like, you know, would, would that body miss you? Would, that body, would there be something not happen because of you not being there? Now, most Southern Baptists, the average, probably would say about a number three. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Now, why is that? probably because the enemy tries to make us believe that we are not of great value as members. And that's a lie. The Bible the text tells us that God appointed all of the members, that everyone has a specific, unique gifting. We see that in the first part of chapter 12, specific spiritual gifts if you've never taken a spiritual gift survey, we can help you out with that. And when every part of the body works together, then that body can do extraordinary things. The human body, for example, can do amazing things when all of its parts work together. The human body can run really far, jump really high, invent things. Thomas Edison, the light bulb, his heart was working with his brain when he figured that out creativity, go to the moon, build the internet. Milton Hershey and it created milk chocolate. By, that was such a blessing to all of us. But the body, when all the parts work together, it can accomplish great things. Number two, God has arranged every member in the body with attention to great detail. Look at verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. That is a powerful verse. If you just 
let that verse marinate on your heart and in your mind. And after a while, it, the light bulb will begin to come on. And we realize that verse tells us that God, he arranged every single member in every single local church. In other words, God is giving every single local church the people, the body parts, to accomplish God's will for that local church. God has arranged it. That's a powerful truth. God doesn't make mistakes. You being here, you being a part of this body is not by accident or coincidence. Powerful, just to think about that, that God has given us, God has us all here and he chose us to, to be together. Pretty cool. Think about it. He did it. Number three, life as a Christian without other members in the body would be depressing and limited. Life as a Christian without other members, without being involved in other Christians' lives would be depressing and limited. Look at verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? If all were a single member, if, if you were the only person in your church, it could be titled Self-Baptist Church. And so you go to Self-Baptist Church and you would lead the music at Self-Baptist Church and you would listen to the music at Self-Baptist Church and you would, uh, you would teach class at Self-Baptist Church and you would sit in the class at Self-Baptist Church and you would give in the offering at Self-Baptist Church, but you would also take up the offering at Self-Baptist Church, and you would cut the grass at Self-Baptist Church, and you would, you would, a portion of your tithe would go to support missionaries all over the world. Uh, I wonder how long that would go. How many missionaries could you just by yourself support? All the ministries that we do, Global Baptist Response and all of the Southern Baptists, we have secret agents on the ground uh, working in sex trafficking in cities trying to, to fight for justice and what's right. And we have all kinds of people, all kinds of places, camps, and, and just it's unreal the, the places that we go together. But if we were the only ones by ourselves, we really would not go very far. And Paul's saying, if the body was just a single member, he's asking a question, where would that body be and the, the answer to that is where you are physically it would be only where you go during the week only the people that you talk to uh, wherever you are to just be one you see the limitations of that but together we can go global we can take the gospel to Mars if we wanted to with the power of the Holy Spirit. Together, we have encouragement. Together, we need one another. Point number four, parts of the body desperately need one another. 
Look what Paul says. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. You can't do that. You can't say, nope, we do not need you. I do not need you. The Bible says, Paul says, you need one another. You need relationships with one another. You may not realize it, but you do. Yesterday, there was a football game between Nevada and Purdue. Purdue really has been terrible for a long time at football. The last time they were good at football, you know who the quarterback was? Drew Brees. Drew Brees, Purdue University. And they were awesome. But since old Drew went to the league, they have been horrible. Well, this year, they're supposed to be awesome. They're really talented, good coach. Well, Nevada, little small school out west, they were going to play Purdue. And so yesterday, the coach made a last-minute decision to let a walk-on kicker, freshman walk-on, be the starting field goal kicker. There was a fifth-year senior on the roster who has a lot of experience, and the coach just made a gut decision to let this freshman walk-on be the starter. So they get in the game, and Nevada does pretty well, and it comes time to kick the first field goal, 35-yard field goal. And so the kicker goes out there, the freshman, walk-on, 18 years old, walks out there, national television, and the holder who's supposed to hold the ball was missing. He wasn't there. And there on national television, the kicker is waving his arms to the sideline, telling the coaches that the, the holder is missing. And I thought to myself, us as church leaders, I feel like that's how we are sometimes. We're waving to the sidelines and say, hey, we need some more people in the game. The stakes are too high. There's families at stake. Eternity hangs in the balance, and we need everybody to be serving the Lord how God has gifted them to serve. So there, the, the kicker finally gets their attention, and the holder run, the holder's guy that hikes the ball and holds the ball. So he finally comes running on the field, his chin strap's unstrapped, and he gets down, he sits on the ground, and he says hut, puts the ball up, kicks it through, makes the field goal. One second was left on the play clock. Go towards the end of the game, and the game was on the line, fourth quarter, last seconds ticking off, freshman field goal kicker, walk on, kicks a 56-yard field goal to win the game. To win the game. And Nevada upset Purdue. Biggest upset yesterday, one of the biggest, uh, Tennessee was the other one, but uh, big upset. And so here's the point. Many people that come to Baptist churches, Methodist churches, Presbyterian churches, Catholic churches, whatever church, sadly begin to feel like you're just a walk-on freshman, that you really don't matter. And that is a lie from hell. That's a, it's a lie from Satan. He's the author of that. Because in this text, we see that God has appointed and chosen every single member of the body, and every single member has a specific purpose. And when every single member does their part, great, extraordinary things can happen in the kingdom of God. So that kicker could have said, you know what, coach, I'm nervous. I'm only 18. I haven't even, I haven't even ordered my books for class yet. Like, I, I, I'm struggling. I've never been on TV before. I can't do this. That's not what he did, though. He said, put me in, coach. 
hey, son, you're going to be the starter today. Okay. Put me in. Coach went over in the first quarter and said, son, this is going to be a close game, and it's going to come down to a field goal. Coach went and told him it was going to happen. He said, okay. He said, can you hit it? He said, yes, sir. I can hit it. You might have to make more than one. Can you hit it? Yes, sir, I'm ready. Is that your attitude in the church of God? Put me in. Sign me up. Let me be a part. Let me serve. Paul mentions these less honorable parts. And Paul, all through this text, he's got a human body in his mind. Human anatomy. And he's got all these, these body parts in his mind, and God had shown him this beautiful illustration of the body of Christ. And God was speaking to him, and he brings up that some of the parts of the body, they seem to be weaker, and you think that those parts are indispensable. They, they're not. They, they are indispensable. You think that these are less honorable, but what, what are these parts? I believe Paul was talking about the inside parts. You know, we always think of the, the limbs and the legs and the hands. But what about the inside parts? The ones that are playing in the background, the one that nobody sees. What about the lungs? They're a little fragile, right? But that's why I have the rib cage. Somebody's got to be the rib cage. Somebody has to be the third rib from the top. And so you have the lung, you have the heart. And the heart and the, the lungs, they, they work in the background, but they provide what all the other parts need, so desperately need, blood and oxygen. They help other parts. But what about that old C word that we hate, cancer? Cancer has affected every single one of us in this room. People that we love close to, it's a terrible word, it's awful. But cancer is in the body, and guess what? it only hurts other parts of the body because it only works for itself. It doesn't work to help other parts. It just is focused on its own getting what it can. To better illustrate, it's like a bee and a wasp. We have multiple bee experts in our church. I'm not going to call them out, but we've got some bee experts in our church family. And so you have bees and then you have wasps. Bees, man, they're always doing something, right? You got the worker bees, and you got the queen bee, and you got the, the drones. Now, I'm not going to describe what the, the drones are focused on all the time, but they're pretty lazy. But even the drones have a job to do. And if the drones did not do their job, then the whole hive would suffer. Those bees all have a part. It's a beautiful illustration, I believe, of the body of Christ. They then you have a wasp. You ever been in a work site and you just have these wasps show up and they're just kind of hovering around and trying to, trying to find a reason to sting you? Just trying to figure out something. Did you offend me? I'm going to get you. Did, you. did you mess with my nest? Did you look at my nest? I'm going to hit you. And wasps, in, the, in many churches, there's bees and there's wasps. And the wasps just hover, and, and they just do their own thing, and they're just curious, and they want to pick a fight. They're only looking out for themselves. But those bees 
are focused on the mission. And what are bees? What's their mission? They're very Baptist. To eat. I mean, they're focused on getting enough food and taking care of the food. It'd be a beautiful thing to be a bee. Well, some bees. Some bees have bad rap. Go home and watch a brief uh, documentary on bees. It's fascinating. But here's here's the point. We need more worker bees in the house of God and on the streets. So if you don't get anything from this text today, from this sermon, take this with you. Be God's honeybee. Be God's honeybee this week. At school, at work, at home. Be God's honeybee. Say, Lord, what do we have today? Where do you want me to serve? Who do you want me to talk to? God, who do you want me to pray for? In the, in the body of Christ, we all have a part to play. So we have a new website that launched this week. You may not realize that. R.J. Osborne, who works in our office staff, young man called into the ministry, getting his Masters of Divinity, New Orleans Seminary, gave announcements today. He created from scratch a new website for us, and it would have cost us about $5,000, but he did it because that's his job and he loves the Lord. Really, it went over and beyond his job description. By the way, serving in the media is not on his job description either. But that's what you do when you love Jesus, right? You just serve. You just have, we have, our church is filled with these people. They just serve. They just show up and they just they take towels and wash them and, and people just see a need and they just do and serve and it's just incredible all the people in our church people show up randomly to clean out the, the refrigerator I mean people show up randomly during the week to, hey I thought I was going to pull some weeds happens all the time but on the app and you can go to our website you'll see two categories under groups. So if you have the app, it'll say directions, how to get to our church, and you can tithe that way. If you uh, tithe through your, your checking account, it's a 25 cent a month. So 25 cents. So if you tithe once a month, it's 25 cents. If you want to save that 25 cents, just write a check. Just write a check, okay, and give them the offering plate. I don't advise using a credit card to tithe. You're really tithing somebody else's money. That's not good. So... But there's groups on there, and there's grow groups, which is our Sunday school classes. And so you can look at all those classes on there. It'll have the location. It'll have their teacher. And then on the, the, uh, after the grow groups, there's something called the serve teams. And those are a whole lot of different places to serve inside of the local church. So if you want to sing in the choir, choir is one of those groups. You can click on choir and you can inquire about inquire, play on words. And you can see how to check in with how do I join the choir? Operations, building the grounds. You want to inquire about, hey, next time y'all are doing something, maybe you're like, I'm a certified HVAC technician. And you go to our church, we need to know that. We need to get your opinion on something maybe. Maybe you have a special gift, set of skills that that you can contribute. And so look at all those categories. There's all kinds of places to serve, serve in the fellowship team, serve all kinds of different ways. 
But there may be something God's laid on your heart that's not on, on there, not a category, like prayer, which I believe is like the heart. If there's a body part, prayer is the part. And so maybe you say, I'm going to just start Sunday mornings, 8 o'clock, I'm going to come to the church building, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray over our sanctuary, I'm going to pray over our building. And if anybody wants to join me, come Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, I'm going to pray that people accept Christ, people grow in relationships with one another. So if you can dream it up, we can do it, okay? Last truth, number five. If one member suffers, we all suffer. If one member is distinguished, we all rejoice together. Verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That means if one of us is hungry, we're all hungry. If one of us is in a tight bind, we all are in a bind. If one of us is praised, it says if one member is honored, guess what we're supposed to do? Rejoice together. Means if somebody in our room, in, in um, this a member of our church is honored in our society, we celebrate that. We don't say, "Oh, the flesh is envious and jealous." No, we praise God. They're honored. Let's rejoice together. In other words, if, if one of us get thrown in jail, which definitely could happen, one of us gets thrown in jail, you you don't turn your back on him. You say, "No, that's my brother." and sister in Christ. Sure, they made a mistake, but they're, they're my family members. If family members ever drive you crazy, yeah, well, the same way with spiritual family. We stick together. If one of us is elected to public office, you know what we do? We say, yes, that's my fellow church member. Praise God for them. Just Walk around with your head high. Like, they are us. They represent us. If one of our members is burning a pile of leaves in their backyard and it gets out of hand and it burns down half of Hancock County, that's my brother in Christ. He's not an expert on burning leaves, but that's my brother. Call him. Check on him. If one of us is on the news for something positive, man, yes, that's my brother, that's my sister. Praise God. Praise God that God gave them favor with whatever they're doing. Rejoice together, let's rejoice. If one of us is going through a dark valley, we all are going through a dark valley. They're our brother, our sister. If one of us wins somebody to Jesus, Praise God. Yes. Praise the Lord. That, that one of us had a gospel conversation and was able to lead somebody to Jesus. And we should celebrate that. Last Sunday morning, we had three different people receive Christ at our service. Isn't that awesome? Three different people Sunday morning. Praise God. We, we, we all can rejoice in that. 
My sister was faithful to do this. My brother was faithful to do that. He showed up for the work day. He showed up. He started a ministry in his business. He started doing these things. Whatever. We rejoice together. We cry together. We laugh together. We rejoice together. And we go together. 